Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, more about continuing efforts to move America away from gas guzzlers to electric vehicles. And with the ongoing war in Ukraine sending the price of gasoline to record highs, it's a timely topic indeed. First, some observations on why Russia, which is the world's second largest oil producer next to the United States, has much to lose as more countries look to a more green, sustainable, and fossil-free future. Kent State University political science professor Dr. Mark Cassell. Because it's a petrostate and because it doesn't really have a lot of economic power, it's leveraging the, what power it does have to really upend global institutions. When global institutions go into instability, Russia in some ways benefits because the price of oil rises. And because it's such a single commodity economy and based on oil, it really does benefit from those kinds of upheavals. Meanwhile, there were reports this week about increasing sanctions against Russia to keep them from profiting on their oil and gas exports. And while that will have an impact on Russia, it will also have an impact on the global economy. But it would be simplistic and misleading to just focus on Russia and this particular crisis to explain volatility in oil prices. They always fluctuate wildly in times of crisis with a shock in one area causing a spike in prices that eventually causes pain at the pump for drivers. All this, of course, underlining why there's been a push for decades to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels and to move more quickly toward using energy sources that can't be controlled by foreign governments and oil cartels and hackers and the like. In addition, fossil fuel-driven climate change-related catastrophes like floods, wildfires, and melting polar ice caps have been prompting a move toward more sustainable green energy for a very long time. And in fact, just last month, President Biden explained why his administration recently announced they're spending $5 billion to build a national electric vehicle charging network. Charging an electric vehicle will be quick and easy. And the foundation will help American automakers set the pace for electric vehicles, which means even more good-paying jobs producing batteries, materials, and parts. That's also going to help save hundreds of billions of gallons of gasoline over time. And on CBS's 60 Minutes, U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg talked about how they're going to do it. We're putting together a network of 500,000 charging stations around the country. I do want people to understand Electric charging is going to be a little bit different than uh, gas stations. Uh, now, there may be electric charging at gas stations, but one thing you could never do with a gas station is charge at your house. And if you have a single family home, your, your charging infrastructure is literally the plug in the wall. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Mm. But what if you live in a multifamily dwelling? And uh, especially for some of the urban, uh, lower income people who stand the most to gain by having an electric car and saving that gas money, but only if they have a place to charge it. And then rural folks who could gain a whole lot uh, because they drive long distances and they're going to save a lot of gas money. But if they're driving long distances, they got to know that there's going to be a charging station out there. But it's not just individual cars and trucks that will be affected as we move forward. Public transportation like Akron's Metro RTA is also going green with electric vehicles. CEO Don Disler tells us their first two electric buses will hit the road the first week of April. They are a little more expensive than the normal CNG bus that we buy, the normal CNG 
bus costs us about $550,000. These electric buses are more in the range of $900,000. However, these are also buses that will be much better for the environment, much better for our passengers. They are as quiet as a whisper. You, you hardly even know they're there, as a matter of fact. And they're going to be, in the long run, they'll be cheaper to run. A couple of things. They have fewer moving parts, so that can save hundreds of thousands of dollars in fuel and maintenance. And then they're actually more efficient also. You get more miles to whatever you want to call the gallon for a charge and things like that. So let's say that essentially these electric buses cost almost twice as much as a regular diesel-fueled bus. But how much do you spend per year per bus on diesel fuel? And it's gone up in price, right? So what's the average yearly cost savings on fuel? Sure. You know, they absolutely do, like we said, cost a little more. But overall, we're hoping to save about $600 per fill-up on a bus. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to use a lot of our own energy to charge these buses. Now, we have what we call like a solar farm down here that's on our bus barns where we keep our buses. And on a sunny day, I know we don't see every day isn't sunny here in Akron, Ohio, but on a sunny day, we'll use our existing solar. And that's, we have over 2,000 panels. So the only thing it's going to cost us uh, is a sunny day to charge the bus and get it back out on the road. So how much does it cost you to run a bus every year with diesel fuel? In a day. If I fill up all 141 buses, that's about $84,000 a day, right? And we run pretty much 365 days a year. So you're talking about $25 million just in diesel fuel. So overall, if we can use less of the actual electric charge and more of our solar panels, we could see quite a bit of a cost savings over the length of the bus. The buses are about 12 years is their lifespan. And so over the the length of that, you could see savings up into tens of millions of dollars. So how much does it cost to fuel your average bus per year, just one bus? That's about $18,000 a month. It sounds like it might only take you maybe about three or four years to recoup the cost, right? Correct. And that bus has a 12-year life. Okay, so that's great. So I guess where I was kind of going in my head with the math, and I'm terrible at math, is like people will look at that and they'll say, well, it's going to cost you twice as much. But on the other hand, if you can recoup that cost within a few years and then you have that longer lifespan, it's really going to save you a lot of dough over the life of the bus, right? That is absolutely correct, yes. Okay. So how are you paying for these first two buses? Are they considered kind of prototypes for your fleet? And did you get some federal dollars to help with that? Sure. So what we got right now for these two, we used the 2020 Ohio VW Diesel Mitigation Trust Fund Grant. That was awarded through the Ohio EPA. So that came from the settlement that was made with VW. And so that grant and then some federal 5307 formula funding, that's what we use when we do the purchasing of our buses that are CNG buses. So our next two buses that are coming, which we are hoping to have either at the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, the next two will be 
funded through what's called the Federal Low-No Program, and that's uh, low-emissions or no-emissions vehicles. All right. So how long will it be before you're able to phase in electric buses to pretty much replace the whole fleet? Will you be kind of doing it as they go down in terms of, you know, you can't use them anymore and then you just replace them with an electric vehicle? Is that the plan? I think that what we're going to be looking at first is is getting all of our diesel buses gone. Now, to do that, the electric buses are not as readily available right now. So those diesel buses that we're replacing are mostly being replaced with the compressed natural gas buses, which is also low emissions buses. And as we see the electric vehicle become more readily available, yes, I do see us adding more and more to those fleets and even replacing as we go CNG buses with those electric buses. Kind of in a more immediate future right now, the price of gas has really gone up. I'm assuming the price of diesel went up too in the last few weeks because of the Ukraine situation. How is that affecting Metro RTA financially? And what, if anything, are you doing to help mitigate those costs? We have a consortium that we work with to purchase our diesel fuel. So we're kind of in a pool with other transit systems in the region and so we buy our fuel in bulk and we get a price at the beginning of the year actually it's at the end of last year to the beginning of this year and so currently we're in a pretty decent place compared to what the diesel prices are right now because we have a fixed contract for that diesel fuel but you are correct as we go to have someone bid on our request for proposal for diesel fuel at the end of next year, they'll be thinking about what happened this year, and I'm sure those prices will definitely go up. So we're not doing too bad right now, but it did cost us a little more than the year before, but that is part of doing business. Right. So how much does it cost per gallon for diesel for the buses? Do you know? Right now, our diesel fuel is $2.79 a gallon. Wow. If you look at the gas station, (laughs) diesel is like 4 or 5 Something. It's like very expensive. And that's why buying it in advance and then buying it with a consortium is uh, good business for us. That was Akron Metro RTA CEO Don Disler. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.